You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So, um, I have some news that I want to share with you before I get, go into the message that is pretty important. I just got word, I had a note on my, uh, my desk when I got here, and it's kind of a startling note, and it was um, a, a message from, from the uh, power company, and uh, found out that they're going to, uh, <clears throat> but we have enough electricity, um, somehow... I don't know what happened, our, our administrator or the bookkeeper, I don't know if it was Janet or Wendy, but they forgot to send in the, the, the pay the bill for our electricity. I don't know how that happened because, you know, we're, we're debt free, we have no debt. I, I just don't know, you know, you can counsel me afterwards if you're a financial expert. But anyways, uh, God had this note, it startled me, got into the, um, my office and they said, well, you have one service, we're going to let power on for one service and after that it's done. And so, uh, so you're here. So you can text your, your friends and your family and tell them, you know what, there's no service uh, for second, second service. We were able to go to this one. Um, and so go ahead and do that right now, you know, those that are coming second service. April Fool's, right? You knew it was coming. I, I want you to think with me, uh, uh, what is uh, the funniest April Fool's joke that you've ever pulled on someone. Some of, some of you guys, some of you guys did it today, right? And I'm, I'm helping you because um, it, some of us are gullible, right? You believe everything, and, and so they pull one on you every April Fool's, something happens, and, and they pull one over, you know, over you, and, um, but... How many of you would say that it's, it's always fun to be the one fooling, but we never want to play the fool? Right? It's always good when we're doing the joking, but we never want to be the one that's being joked. And when I found out that Easter was going to fall on April Fool's Day, it, it, it quickly directed me to a, a, a guy in the, in, in the Word of God, a guy in the Bible by the name of Thomas. And, and Thomas is, is very important to me. And he's also very important to you. Because Thomas was the kind of person who lived his uh, life with this mindset. And maybe you have this mindset. You know, think with me. Uh, you're not going to get one over on me. You're not going to play me the fool. I'm not your April fool. In fact, I, I love that Thomas always asked the difficult questions. Thomas was, uh, uh, he always voiced a doubt, and especially uh, he would voice them to, to Jesus uh, so he could bring clarity to the questions that not only did that, that Thomas had and the, the, the disciples at that time but the questions that every person that is probably sitting here has had in their lives. Because we all have questions. We all have concerns. We all, at times, have doubt. 
especially when we think about this thing called faith. So I titled this message, Because He Did Rise. As Benny said, because he, he did rise, he's alive. And, and I titled that simply because Easter is a day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We actually believe that Jesus rose from the grave. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul, he said this, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. You're still in your sins is exactly what that, what that uh, verse says. And, and, and we've all come to a point of decision or we've come to an epiphany in our life in this thing called faith. And if you think about it, it's, it's twofold. Faith is twofold. Uh, on one side, when we trust in Christ, your whole life is lived out with this premise. Because he did rise blank. We think to ourselves, because he did rise, I can make it through today. Because he did rise, I can face tomorrow. No matter what I'm going to face tomorrow, I can face it because Jesus is alive. Because I have a Savior that, that's alive and well, I can make it through today. No matter this circumstance that I'm facing, I will be able to push through because God is alive. It changes everything. But on the other side of this thing called faith is where a lot of us have been at one time. And maybe some of you are still there, and God brought you here for this message. It's a lack of faith. Or maybe it's not knowing for sure. Maybe it's questioning like, like Thomas, those important questions, and it's okay to have those. And this lens will shape your life's choices as well. It'll, it'll shape the way that you live out your life. It'll shape the way you make decisions. You see, we either live in the light of faith or we live in the shadow of disbelief. And when we live in faith, think with me, it seems that we are more optimistic, we're more trusting, we kind of look for the better in people. We, th we think, you know what, there's a, there's a golden opportunity here. This may turn out for the best. And when we, when we live in the absence of faith, it can lead us to become very skeptical. We doubt everything. We doubt everybody. And it's like if you're in this shadow. It's like, have you ever had someone that you go around and it seems like when you go to them, it's like you're in a, in, in a fog because everything is negative they're, they're pessimistic about everything. You know, you, you talk about, well, this situation I'm going through, and they say, oh, that's, that's horrible. You're, you, you just might as well just, just roll over and die. That's how bad it is. And, and so you get to this place, and you're, you're just pessimistic. That's, you're living in the shadows of faith. I mean, I mean the shadows of doubt. Uh, the great thinker and mathematician, Blaise Pascal, he, he put it this way. He said, in faith, there is enough light for those who want to believe and enough shadows to blind those who don't. In fact, there are, uh, there are some people in the audience right now that you're filled with faith. There are some people that are listening to the podcast that, that you're, you're filled with faith. And, and then there are some who may be filled with doubt. You've got these questions. You're wrestling with these concerns. And it's shaping your life. And so what I'm going to be sharing on this 2018 Easter 
with each of you is going to be very practical. It's going to be very applicable to your life. Because this was what the disciples were facing in the days that Jesus was resurrected. They were facing faith. They were facing doubt. There's always been people that have been filled with faith and there's always been people that have been filled with doubt because this is a human condition. Every person that's here has a choice. I told the Copper Corridor, we had about 100 people at the Copper Corridor and we had about 5,000 people that were on the river. They're on the Gila. I might be exaggerating, but it seemed like 5,000. There was at least 1,000. And and so what, what, what... what brought those hundred people to the church? It, it, it was faith. They wanted to go and they were believing that God was worth going to a service to. What brought you guys here today to this first service? It was faith. And some of you, your wife made you come. <laughs> some of you, you your, your parents made you come or your kids made you come. But the reality is there's faith involved. And, and, and so one of the things that really stands out to me is Jesus is about to give this, this uh, instructions to the disciples, and he calls them to, the, to this mount, and, and, and it's before he gives, uh, we call it the Great Commission. It's where he instructs his disciples to go and make uh, other believers or disciples of all people and all nations. And when they come, this is what it says. I love it. It's, it, it's, it's Matthew 28, verses 16 and 17. It says, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But it don't stop there. They worshiped him, but some doubted. I bet you've never seen that. I bet you've, you've maybe read Matthew 28 and you've seen, you know, all these believers, all these disciples, they just all worshiped and they were all always believing. But the Bible says clearly that some of them, what? They doubted. And you may be in here and you may have doubt. You may have concerns. It's very difficult for you to plug into the things of faith because you think you're intellectual. And, and there's no way that an intellectual could ever believe that, that a man could be raised from the dead. How, come on. You're crazy. Doubt is in the Bible because doubt is a part of our everyday life. And faith in God or doubt in God is a choice that God gives everybody. It's a gift that we have. And so as we go to this passage where we're going to see Thomas and when see the post-resurrection Christ revealing himself to his disciples, I believe the Lord's going to speak to every one of us and help us to make a decision for his glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person that's here. Lord God, thank you for, uh, for Easter. We rejoice, Lord, as your people and your followers believing that Jesus is alive and well. And I just pray your blessing over this message. Pray that you give me uh, the ability to speak clearly, humbly, Lord, with confidence. And that every person here will just uh, be able to hear with an open mind and an open heart 
and that, Lord, that your word will bear fruit. It's not about what I'm going to speak, and I, I just pray that you use me as your voice today. It's not about me. It's about you. So we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. So this is what it says in verse 24 of chapter 20 in John's gospel. It says, one of the 12 disciples, his name was Thomas, and his nickname was Cuate. Cuate. That's what you call a twin in Spanish. Cuate. He was not with the others when Jesus came, and they told him, the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. And look at the exclamation point. We have seen the Lord. He is risen. And he replied, I won't believe it unless I see. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. And I put my fingers into them and placed my hand into the wound in his side. And as we progress in this narrative, uh, we will find that eight days later, Jesus would come to Thomas and prove to him that he was alive. And that realization would become the foundation and the basis of Thomas's life from that day forward. It would shape his decisions and his thinkings, and it would also shape his lifestyle and shape his actions. And beloved, you need to know that when you receive and know that Jesus is alive, it will change your life forever. It will change not only your beliefs, but your actions. Forever. It was a game changer in Thomas's life, and it's a game changer in our life as well. And so I want to share three life resurrection truths to you this morning. And the first truth is this because he did rise, your faith and my faith is reasonable. Can we say this together? Because he did rise. Let's do it. Because he, he did rise. Yeah. Your faith is reasonable. Why is this so important? Because none of us want to be called one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. I have never lived my life for people to call me a fool. I have never lived my life for people to think I'm nuts. I have never lived my life for people to think this guy has no reasoning, no ability to reason things out. I have never lived my life that way, and I bet none of us in here have lived our lives that way. All of us desire to be reasonable. All of us desire not to be a fool. I read this on Pinterest. It said, today is April Fool's Day. Believe nothing and trust no one. So it's like any other day. But doesn't that speak to our society? Doesn't that speak to our culture? A society which lacks trust and believes nothing or, or, or they'll believe what they want to believe because uh, maybe they or maybe we have been burned. Maybe we've been hurt. And so you're skeptical and, and you're, you're doubtful of everybody. And I'll say this, it's okay to be a skeptic and it's okay to doubt but here's my advice to you. Be an honest skeptic and be honest in your doubting. There was an atheist. He was a homicide detective. His name is J. Warner Wallace. 
He gave his life to God, gave his life to Jesus, wrote, uh, wrote several books, and uh, he, he said this. He says, I'm not a Christian because it works for me. I had a life prior to Christianity that seemed to be working out, working out just fine. And my life as a Christian has not always been easy. I'm a Christian because it is true. I'm a Christian because I want to live in a way that reflects truth. I'm a Christian because my high regard for the truth leaves me no alternative. Now, this, this is not a crazy person. This is not a non-intellectual person. This person reasoned things out, and, and he wasn't searching for happiness. He wasn't searching for something that works. J. Warner Wallace was searching for truth. And if you're searching for truth, you'll find that God is true. And every man and every woman is a liar. Outside of God, all of us live a lie. Amen? Outside of God, we're all walking in our own ways. We change. We change from, from night to day, from day to night. We're constantly changing. God never changes. He's true all the time. Thomas said, I won't believe it unless I see. You need to know that God has never called you to blind faith, but to active and honest faith. But don't let your searching be absent of truth. Don't base your decisions in your walk with God on people who have let you down because God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they are not like people. Base it on finding the real Jesus and the truth of his resurrection. You know, the pages of the Bible are filled. They're filled with doubters. The pages are filled also with accounts and events that transform their doubt. Many of us in here, we, we've doubted and, and we've been in those places. My, my, my response to God in my, at the age of 26, when I was at that place, I had religion, I had all, that didn't change me. My life was a mess. My marriage was a mess. All these things were a mess. I needed something. There was an emptiness in my life. But what came out of my mouth was, God, if you're real, show me. And many of you maybe have said that, and maybe some of you have never said that, but if you say, God, if you're real, he'll show you he's real. He's true. The apostle Paul, who was the enemy of the church, he was the enemy of Christ. He became a Christian because he saw the resurrected Jesus. And in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, as he wrote to the church in Corinth, he said this, and this is vital to everyone who believes. He says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That's what we sang about this morning, that him that hung on that tree, him that hung on that cross, all in Adam will die. And you can't get away from that. All of us will die, Right? Jesus came and tasted death. That's exactly what he's saying. Christ died for our sins according to with the scriptures and th that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And then he, what? He appeared to Cephas, which is Peter. And why did he go to Peter first? Because Peter denied him three times as Jesus was going to be led to trial. When it went cock-a-doodle-doo, Peter for three times said, I don't know him. And even started cussing, saying it. Bible says he started cussing. Anyone of you ever struggle with cussing? Don't worry, you're in good company. Peter did too. 
And so we get to this place, and, 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 and he says, Peter, he appeared to Peter, then to the 12, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, 500, most of whom are still alive, Paul says, though some are dead, some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, that's his half-brother, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one who is untimely born, he appeared also to me. What changed Paul? The resurrection. What changes you? The resurrection. See, some of you are going to put your faith in Jesus today. I know that. Some of you will receive Jesus as your Savior. I know that because it's the reasonable thing to do. It'll make sense. The second truth is because he did rise, your faith is resolved. You know, Thomas's life before the resurrection was unsettled. It was problematic. His response says it all. No, I, I won't believe. Now think about it. Thomas had been with Jesus and seen all the miracles. He had seen all the, 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 the teachings. He had seen him raise Lazarus. And that wasn't enough. His faith was problematic. His, his, his spirit was unsettled. And, and to resolve means this. This is what resolve means. It means to settle or find a solution to a problem. To settle a dispute or a contentious matter. Resolving what you believe is vital to every part of your life. Because once you resolve your faith, you can face every circumstance and every problem in your life. Because God is with you and you believe it. Every problem that I've gone through on the front side, it seems I'll never be able to get through it. And I'll say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And when you get through it, that dark spot, when you come through it, you say, you have stood with me through it all. Because you've resolved your faith. Can I tell you that, um, that Jesus did, let me put it this way. Jesus doesn't make mistakes. Jesus didn't go to the uh, disciples without Thomas being there and say, oops, I could have had a V8. No, no, he didn't say, oops, oops, Thomas wasn't there. You know, this is the same Jesus that told Peter, you're going to deny me, Peter, three times. It happened exactly that way. He's the one that would speak. He, he, he knows not only the, the present, but he knew the future. He knew Thomas wasn't going to be there. The reason that he did not, that he went there when Thomas was not there was because this unsettledness in Thomas needed to be worked out. And it was going to be a lesson for Thomas, but it's also going to be a lesson for us. You see, there's someone in here, you're unsettled, your spirit is unsettled, you're, you're struggling with something, and Jesus is, he's not making a mistake, you're here on this day, and Jesus knew you would be here, and he's going to speak into your doubt, he's going to speak truth, and he's able to settle you and change you. Only Jesus can do that, because he's God. It says eight days later. The disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. And the doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them, and he said, Peace 
be with you. And what I have come to find out is that every time Jesus comes into our life, he brings in peace where there's an absence of peace. Every time Jesus comes into your life, he will bring peace. He said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, he said, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. What he's saying is resolve your faith right here. Don't be faithless any longer. I want you to believe. And then Thomas looked at him and he responded. He said, my Lord, Gurios, supreme in authority, my Lord, you're over everything. And my God, Yahweh, the creator, the sustainer of life. This is what he told Jesus. My Lord, Gurios, and my God, Yahweh, Jehovah. I worship you. He resolved his faith. He was never the same again. And there's someone in here that you're going through life and you're trying to make it through this life on your own faith and faith in everything else. And what you'll notice, if you have faith in yourself, we are so unstable, we will lose faith quick. And we have faith in others. And what you find out is that they fail us. But because Jesus is alive, you can resolve the faith problem in a savior that was perfect and that is alive and he conquered death. You know, that, 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 that scripture is so vital because it's a, it's a parallel or a hinge scripture to another place that Thomas was with Jesus. And Thomas voiced something that is vital for us. So Jesus, right before he went to the cross, he said these words. He says, don't let your don't let your hearts be troubled. Now process that. Don't we live in troubled times? Isn't there something going on in our lives constantly? He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Another place of Scripture says many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will be with me also. And then he tells, he says, and you know the way. And Thomas asked the question that all of us need to hear. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know the way. I don't know the way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Those are the most, think about those words. Those are the, the, the greatest, most profound words that you'll ever hear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's, there's a lot of paths in this life. There's a lot of ways to go. There's a lot of religions. Jesus didn't say, you know what? I am one of the ways, and you can go this way. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. He didn't say I'm 90% truth, 80% truth, 70% truth. He said, I am truth, explanified, exemplified. Whatever that first word was, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> but it sounded good, right? It sounded like I got my edge of somewhere, right? 
am life. I am life. That would mean nothing if Thomas was not able to put his hands in the holes. If he wasn't able to touch and say, he's alive. Put your hand also in my side. He's alive. Which takes us to the last truth. The last truth is this. Because he did rise, then your faith becomes radical. You know, it's kind of crazy, huh, when we see people that get excited about Jesus. It's crazy because we think, man, what's wrong with them until you fall in love with Jesus? You know, when I married my wife, we had a dance, right? We had a dance and we we did some cumbias because that's what vatos do, right? And and we celebrated. I, I loved my wife. And I really loved my wife six years later when I gave my life to Jesus, when I gave my life to God, because then I found out what love was. But, you know, we get radical because we fall in love with, with, with God. We fall in love with God through Jesus Christ. And, and radical, it refers to a change in action. Relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something or someone. Its effect is far-reaching, and it's thorough. Man, that's powerful. Its effect, when when you have this radical faith, its effect is far-reaching. It goes way beyond our our sphere. It goes into other places, life. People begin to say, man, there's something different about you. Dude, there's just something crazy different about you, and that's awesome. I don't know what you have, but but can you talk to me about what you have? Just being around you, there's like a, there's like a, a, there's like a, your countenance, your, the presence is just amazing. And you begin to say, it's not about me, bro. It's about, it's about God. He's done something in my life. I can't, I can't explain it to you except that he's real. And so your faith gets radical. And can, can I tell you that, uh, that, that your faith in God today is going to radically change your character? See, some of you, you're in here, and God's speaking to you. I can see the gears turning. I can see God just really moving on your mind and on your heart, and you're reasoning things out. And, and, and what happens here is, is when you say, yes, I, 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 I want Jesus in my life. I want to live for him. Your faith will radically change. It will penetrate every aspect of your life. It'll radically change your identity. You see, when I gave my life to God, I walked into that space lost, a liar, unfaithful, addicted. That was my character. That was my identity. Fearful, anxious. And God said, Son, when I said, God, if you're real, show me. I'll follow this Jesus for the rest of my life. He said, Son, anyone who's in Christ is a new creature. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The former is gone. 
the new has come. I walked into that. And some of you, beloved, some of you, God's speaking to you. I walked into that place. All those, all those negative things. I walked in there a sinner. And because I trusted in Jesus, the blood, and this is for you, the blood covered me and washed me white as snow. And I walked out of that, 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 that dialogue, that, that, uh, that confrontation. I walked out of there a saint. None of us, see, none of us, no, no person alive, no person is worthy. What makes us worthy to God is what Jesus did on the cross. Every person. He shed his blood. That blood that was shed at Calvary was for every person that would believe in him to bring cleansing of all our failures, mistakes, and mishaps, which are called sins. And that blood that was shed washes us clean as snow. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 1, you believe in God, believe also in me. After, after seeing and, and touching the holes in the hands of, of Jesus and the holes in his side, Thomas responded, my Lord and my God. And, and this is, look at what Jesus says. This is important. My Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, Thomas, you believe because you have seen me. But blessed are those who will believe without seeing me. And, and I'm going to say something to you, beloved, because all, anyone in here that's ever trusted in Jesus, you know that your life has been blessed by God after giving your life to Jesus. It doesn't mean that you don't go through difficult times. What it means is that no matter what we face, God is with us forever. You see, you'll never, ever, 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 ever face anything alone when you give your life to Jesus. And because he is alive and well, it's reasonable. Because he is alive and well, it's resolved. And because he is alive and well, it's radical because he changes your life forever. And so I invite you today to give your life to Jesus. Easter is about giving your life to Jesus because he gave his life for you. He loves us so very much. He loves us so very much. He does not want you, oh dear sir, oh dear lady, he does not want you to walk alone. He says, embrace my hand, just embrace my hand. I'll show you I'm real. He will show you he's so real. But he'll never force us, amen? Jesus never told his disciples, hurry up, I'm going to kick you in the behind. This is what we're going to do. He, never, he always said what? Come and, come and follow me. That's what a great shepherd does. 
And so I want all heads to be bowed right now. We're going to pray a prayer. And we're going to trust God. Before I pray that prayer, I I just want to see a show of hands. Is is there someone here today that maybe you're carrying something that's really heavy and and you just need God to help you and you want to release it to God? Just raise your hand because we're going to trust him today. If if you're carrying something, just raise your hand. Yes, I see those hands. Praise God. Anyone, you're carrying something and it's just so much bigger than you. And you just, yes, you just want to release it to God. Can we trust together that God's going to do a miracle today? Just just say, yeah, that's me. Now, is there someone here today before I say this prayer that maybe you want to just give your, your, your life to Christ today? You want to place your faith in him. Just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I, yeah. Yes, I see, I see that hand and I see those. Is there anyone else who's just saying, hey, I just want to give my life to Jesus today. I'm going to place my faith in him. I'm going to pray this prayer with you and just invite you to pray it with me. And the prayer doesn't save you. What saves you is your faith in Jesus. The prayer just confesses that you're believing. And so as I saw those hands that went up, God is going to meet you right there. And and I know there's others that are, you're, you're just really, you're there. And so let's pray this. God, thank you for loving me. And today I'm taking a big step and placing my faith in Jesus Christ. I confess with my mouth that he died for all of my mistakes and my failures and my sins. But I also believe that he was raised from the grave on the third day, just like the Bible said that he would. And so today I receive your complete forgiveness. I embrace your love and your guidance from this day forward. And I seal this prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as I give my life to Jesus completely. And to that, we say a big amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more